Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blurb, where the back of a book meets a discerning look. Each week, best-selling author Sally Shields and publishing guru Dr. Kent listen to pitches from five authors vying for Book of the Week honors. Now live, on the air, with vigor and style, are Dr. Kent and Sally, the Bibliophiles. Dr. Kent here, and uh, Sally Shields is my co-host. How are you doing this week, Sally? Oh, hey, Dr. Kent. You know, it's funny. I was over here actually giving a little introduction. I didn't realize I wasn't on air. <laughs> it's all, that's always a funny thing. <laughs> I was like, hello, New York. Wait, we're international. What am I talking about? And I was doing this whole, like, comedy bit, and then I realized I'm talking to no one. Would you like to try it again? No, no. It, uh, I missed the moment. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, we've we've now gone live in style, and I'm psyched today because we're going to have two uh, uh, real live uh, winning authors uh, uh, come on the show today. Yeah, this is going to be really fun. We're going to have um, uh, the winner from two weeks ago, uh, which is um, going to be the really quite fun surprise for everybody here, the 13-year-old uh, J.K. Hawkins, who has written a series on... Uh, on vampires, she's absolutely delightful, and we are going to have the extremely funny Diana Estill, who is uh, also um, known as Dee Dee Divine, and I'm really, really looking forward to speaking with her as well. So and now, if people, <laughs> if people checked out our last week's show, they might think we're uh, always X-rated, uh, uh, and it could well be that this week is that way uh, again, but uh, we never know what we're going to get here on Blurb. That's right. It's always a surprise, and what we try to do is, is not to listen to the blurbs in advance so that we have the element of surprise. And, yeah, that was, that was quite funny last week. My goodness, we had two in a row that were just on the verge of uh, perhaps, um, shall we say, uh, R-rated, X-rated perhaps even. Well, I was <laughs> blushing on this end. So tell me, uh, you've actually been in touch with those uh, fellows since. Tell me, tell me more. I'm, I'm uh, interested. Oh well, gosh, you know, I had a I had a very short exchange with uh, Dr. Peter Shield, but we we did not discuss uh, his book or the content of his book. I just uh, thank them, you know, both for being on the show, and um, you know, we didn't quite uh, we didn't we didn't go there, so to speak. So I can uh, understand why you weren't excited to. <laughs> well, but I'm yeah. I'm psyched today. Like, let's 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 start out by um, uh, should we listen to Diana Estill's uh, clip? She's coming on the show pretty soon here, right? Oh, that that's a fabulous idea. Let's listen to last week's winner, Diana Estill, uh, and uh, she's in the other category. Here you go. Blog Talk Radio. Do you ever wonder how you're going to make it through tomorrow? Is your home value declining faster than John Edwards' reputation? Has your 401k become a 40 not so okay? Then it's time to let go of your worries and have a good laugh. My new book, B.D. Divine's Totally Skewed Guide to Life, helps find the fun in life's frustrations. In chapters with titles like Family That Doesn't Kill You Makes You Stronger, I, Dee Divine, dish out comedic and useful advice. I share the secrets for weight loss, marital bliss, and financial success, all of which I have failed at numerous times, which makes me the perfect coach in these matters, provided you follow a contrarian strategy. 
Midwest Book Review says Duty Divine's Totally Skewed Guide to Life is Utterly Entertaining Reading, and I must say that it truly is because I wrote it. This book will uplift your spirits and change your life, or at least your outlook. Get your copy of Dee Dee Devine's Totally Skewed Guide to Life today from your favorite bookseller. Visit totallyskewed.com, that's skewed with a K by the way, to read a free excerpt. Because darling, we all need a little something free right now. But don't delay that book purchase, because there's no such thing as an unemployment check for authors. I love that line where she says, darling, we all need a little something right now. You know, I have to say, she did such a good job with that blurb that I thought that Dee Dee Devine was, was a real person. I was a little confused. But, but then when I, when I uh, actually met, uh, so to speak, Diana and had a conversation with her, I realized that Dee Dee Devine was simply her alter ego. And that's a complete uh, made-up persona. And hmm. she actually like, asked me. Seems like something uh, very familiar to you. <laughs> I know. I mean, my goodness. Uh, wow. Except, um, yeah, I don't. I don't quite put on the same kind of a kind of an accent there. But wow, she just she bowled me over. She did great. And when she told me that that was a that was a completely other persona, and she wasn't sure who I wanted her to come on the radio as, as Dee Dee or Diana. And to be honest with you, I wasn't sure either. But then I thought, you know, come on us, Diana. Talk a little bit about the book, and then you can, like, you know, go into your DD shtick, and I think that'll be great. We can have both of them on this week. So now I'd like to, to invite the split personality of DD and Diana uh, to talk to us live, and uh, here she is. Are you there? I am here. Now, which one are you right now? I am Diana right now. Can you tell? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so tell us, tell us uh, how you started uh, uh, doing uh, DD. Uh, because we were well fooled on this end. Oh, were you? Oh, that's interesting. Well, actually, I've been writing humor for a long time, but I am not a stand-up comedian, and so uh, the advent of YouTube got me to thinking about how maybe I could take some of the material that I had and turn it into a monologue and deliver it in a short video clip on YouTube, and I, I was really experimenting. And as a result, uh, I wanted to do something funny for the Super Bowl, and so I did a little YouTube video in character as as Dee Dee, and my name is Dee Dee uh, as a nickname with my grandchildren, and so I just stuck the divine on the end of it because I thought that sounded funny, and uh, boy, it, that YouTube video just took off, and I realized I, I had something there. How do we see, how do, do you have a YouTube channel, uh, Diana, can we see that YouTube video? Oh, you can. If you go to YouTube and type into the search Dee Dee Divine or Diana Estel, either one, you will see all my little experiments. <laughs> awesome. And now I do hear just a touch of uh, southern accent in your real voice as well. Where are you from? Uh, I am from Texas, and I have tried very hard for a long time to even out that accent, but it still creeps in, I'm afraid. <laughs> And Dee Dee Devine definitely loves that accent. Oh, she sort of uh, plays it over the top, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm looking right now at your uh, YouTube content. You have had quite a few views on this, these things. Um, what does that bring you uh, when you get, you know, thousands of views of uh, on a on a YouTube thing? Uh, do you walk around the street and people say, "Oh man, she's that woman from YouTube"? 
Oh, no. Actually, people recognize me around town here because I wrote for the local newspaper for a number of years, and it always had my photograph on it. So right. anywhere I go in town, people stop me and, oh, aren't you the person who used to write the humor columns for the local paper? And uh, the YouTube, those views are coming from all over, even internationally. So I'm less likely to be seen by someone who's seen my YouTube video than I am by someone who's maybe seen uh, something I've written. What do you think, Sally? Oh, <laughs> sorry, I was a bit distracted because I was actually just pulling up your, your um, uh, what do you call it, your driving on the wrong side of the road book trailer, and it's just, uh, sorry, I got very distracted. <laughs> it's so funny. I wasn't even listening to it. I was just watching it with the uh, the Groucho Marx nose, and you, you are so funny. This is just a great, a great thing. Well, I'm not a filmmaker, and those are very amateur uh, little shorts that I've done, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, those are the best kind. I mean, my gosh, you know, that's that's such a wonderful thing about what's going on today is that anybody can can be a filmmaker. Anybody can can do anything, and right. you don't have to be you don't have to be uh, have any kind of special skills or any kind of uh, background in video or editing. You just have to have a desire to to um, just be like silly. writing a book. You have to have a desire to make people laugh or a desire to want to help people or a desire to entertain. Right. Well, you know, my whole objective is to improve the world one attitude at a time. <laughs> that is great. Oh, my gosh, that is so great. And, so tell us, and tell us about your totally skewed guide. Tell, tell you about it. Well, it's a collection of all kinds of advice. I say it's a handbook for tough times, actually, because, you know, these are stressful times that we're living in, and one of the best ways that we can manage stress is with laughter. And so I basically just tackle daily living the same kinds of annoyances and absurdities that we all run into on a regular basis. And I, I try to poke fun at myself and at culture, I suppose. And in the process, what I'm trying to do is to help other people find a way to laugh at themselves and not take their circumstances quite so seriously. You know, it's so great that you said that. I was just, you know, I've been reading a book this week. Um, the I don't know if you've heard of this book uh, by um, Esther and Jerry Hicks called um, um, the the uh, Oh my gosh, something about uh, attracting the the wealth of your dreams or something. I can't think of the exact title right now. But one of the questions that uh, that they ask of this non-physical entity that they're channeling was, um, you know, is it possible to cure illnesses? Because the whole book is about, you know, you control everything by your thoughts. And one of the examples that they pulled up was um, the man that actually cured himself of cancer. All the doctors said it was completely incurable. And what he did was he actually went out and purchased a whole bunch of comedic videos and just laughed all day long for like, you know, maybe eight months, and his cancer completely went away. Yes, I have actually read the book you're speaking of, and for some reason or another, the title is okay right now. <laughs> I um, can't think of it either, but you know what I'm talking about, right? I think, was that Norm Cousins that they were speaking of who cured him yes. from cancer? Yes, yes, Okay, that's exactly. what I was thinking, and I've read his book too, and I can't tell you the title of it right off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, I read, read too many books. But, you know, you bring up a valid point there. Laughter is not only the best medicine, but I like to say it's also the best therapy. 
I agree so wholeheartedly. I mean, gosh, once you raise that vibration, you know, once you raise that vibration within your body, and, you know, here I am quoting the book again, but get in vibrational alignment with who you really are, the spiritual being that you are that is perfect and happy, I mean, boy, you do have the power to, to, to change your thoughts and to make things, you know, make all of the things that you desire sort of come true more easily. And it all comes from what you were talking before about attitude and having a good attitude and smiling and making yourself and the people that you love feel good. And I am just, I'm just really, really um, about that too. So I'm, you're doing it. You're doing a wonderful service to the world, and we need you out there. So keep, keep on keeping on with what you're doing. Thank you. I will do that. I I like to point out to people all the time that what happens to us in life isn't nearly as important as the attitude that we have about those events. And I don't know whether you know this or not from reading anything on my website, but I was at one time a 10th grade dropout and a pregnant teen. So I, I am a big believer in the power of thought and how we can change our life as a result of just changing our belief system and our, our thoughts. Well, and I, you know, I have to say, on a lighter note, um, in terms of laughter, I got two comments. One of them is, uh, uh, I studied music in uh, in graduate school, and uh, one of the great pieces we we learned was uh, from an electronic composer who uh, took just a bunch of laughs from different people, and it, it literally no one could listen to this. What it was a ten minute long piece and not laugh? I mean, it's it's. Uh, it's like being in your car and turning the heat up on the hottest day of summer. You just have to get out of the car. It's a, if, if people are laughing around you, you've got to laugh. It's contagious. And if it if it heals you, that's just all the all the better. Well, and your your blurb certainly had that. It it uh, made both of us uh, feel good when we listened to it, and uh, it was a little short. I wanted more of it. <laughs> I know. You know what happened? I wasn't timing it. I wasn't timing it, and I should have been, and so I didn't exactly know where I was on my time limit, so I thought I didn't want to go over, and I cut it too short. You were absolutely right on that. Now, just out of curiosity, did you did you formulate that blurb in advance, or were you just going off the cuff? Like in advance, meaning five like, minutes did in you, advance? Did you, well, what I mean is, did you write it out, and were you reading it, or was it something that you were just kind of doing, you know, you called the line, you pressed record, and said, I'm just going to talk off the top of my head. It was a little of both, actually. Oh, very cool. I sort of had cool. <laughs> I had something written out, but then it didn't exactly come out the way I'd written it. So. Well, it sounded like you had really, it was, it was very, very well put together. It sounded like it was a perfect paragraph that you had pre, you know, written that you were reading it. I mean, it was really so well done. So that, that's a gift right there, being able to add lib something and making it sound, make it sound really uh, fluid and off the cuff, just, just like that. That was great. You know what, um, I have to say, uh, you know, last week, uh, I don't know if you heard some of the show, but uh, we we had some amusing, um, uh, uh, very uh, racy uh, blurbs at the beginning, and, and I have to say, I just Googled you, and I came across a site I wasn't expecting uh, when I reversed uh, your first and last names. Oh, no, you know, I haven't seen that site, <laughs> but I have been told of it. It's, and uh, I don't know what to say about that other than I, me, I need let to. Let me say the tagline on the page says 392 pounds of pure pleasure. Yes, yes. I'm a little lighter weight than that. <laughs> so people have to be very sure to type in D.D. Uh, Divine. Yes, yes. Please don't reverse those names. I, I won't be held responsible for what comes up. If you, 
<laughs> now we're plugging them, you know. <laughs> Everybody will be going to see what it is now. Oh, I know. I, I, that was my mistake. Well, it's been a real it's been a real pleasure talking to Dee Dee Devine. Um, she's got uh, a book called The Totally Skewed Guide to Life. And and let's give let's give her uh, a couple seconds here to talk about uh, uh, her other uh, her blog and and uh, other products and what are you working on now that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, well, first of all, you can find me on the blog. You can find me at totallyskewed.wordpress.com. And my my website is totally skewed. That's skewed with a K. Totally skewed dot com. And my book is available. That's Dee Dee Divine's Totally Skewed Guide to Life is available now at Amazon dot com and other online booksellers and some um, bricks and mortar booksellers as well. As to what I'm working on right now, boy, I'm I'm in the throes of book marketing with this book, but I'm. Uh, toying with the idea of doing a book that deals primarily with the humorous side of midlife, uh, specifically 50 and over. And uh, I do have a screenplay that I'm getting ready to shop. So That is just awesome. Now, you're coming to New York, aren't you, tomorrow morning? I certainly am, yes, That's for fantastic. Book Expo America. My book is up for an award with the uh, Forward Magazine Book of the Year Awards. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed and hoping. That is just awesome. Well, I, I'm uh, I'm going to be attending Author 101 University tomorrow, and I'm going to try to be at Book Expo on Friday. So I certainly hope to see you there. I hope we do run into each other. Well, and you might you might get lucky and see Dee Dee Divine instead. Oh, you will see Dee Dee if you see me because I will be in character and costume tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that is just great. We'll have well, a safe travel. And tell us, tell us uh, how you like uh, uh, airplane travel as D.D. Divine for a second. Airplane travel. Uh, you know, it's not something I would recommend to anybody if they don't have to do it. But, you know, it's just terribly hard to cross the Atlantic or the Pacific in an automobile. So um, <laughs> in New York, well, I wouldn't want to try to drive in New York. I, I have trouble even with the taxi cabs there, Frank. <laughs> You and me both. I can never get one. Never yeah, try to get a taxi cab in the rain in New York City. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I rode in one of those cabs one time, and the cab driver said for me to quit being so tense in the back seat because they all drove that way. And I said, well, you know, if you were in Texas and you drove like this, somebody pull out a pistol and put an end to it. So <laughs> we, we, we pack some firepower around here and we don't like it when people drive like that <laughs> i i hope i hope uh the uh air traffic controllers don't hear Dee, Dee right now <laughs> <laughs> well it's been a real pleasure talking to you and we hope you have safe travels and i hope you uh have the chance to run into sally shields yes and good luck with the forward book awards i'll be rooting for you that's for sure oh thank you just to be a finalist is quite a um, a plum to me, so um, I'm I'm fortunate. Oh, that's great. Well, safe travels tomorrow. Hope to see you, and thank you so much for putting such a great effort into your blurb and to coming on the show and sharing your talents with us all. Thank you so much. Stay smiling and skewed. <laughs> we will stay smiling and skewed. Have a great day. Thank you. Well, and now I'm excited, Sally, uh, to get into... Uh, the meaty portion of our show, and we don't know what we're ever going to have here uh, for some blurbs. Are you excited? <laughs> I'm just praying that it's not another um, X-rated uh, blurb. 
<laughs> well, I already had my X-rated moment here, uh, switching her names. you got to try that on Google. I, you know, I did try it. How did you – was that a, mis- a mistake? How did no, you I just typed that? in Dee Dee Divine, and, and there it came up, number one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is something we're never going to be able to live down. I know it's every week we're just we're just stuck with this stuff. Well, <laughs> I think we should start with something really safe. What do you think? Uh, a oh, bio? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, sounds uh, good to me. But you never know with us. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Let's listen to a bio uh, a blurb from Anthony Lawrence Littlefield. Here we are. Block Talk Radio. Hello, book lovers. I am Anthony Littlefield, the author of the book Bittersweet Journey. Bittersweet Journey is a moving and compelling story about my 10-year journey into my family's past and slavery. It is the story of the wounding, healing, and triumph of a family. The place my ancestors once called home is Black Mountain, in the mountains of western North Carolina, the land of Cold Mountain. Like many African Americans, at times, I found it very difficult to revisit some of the darkest days in our American experience. The time in our history when African Americans were sold at cold and intrusive slave auctions, men, women, and children transported like cargo on one of the most dreadful voyages in the annals of history, the infamous Middle Passage. As with any profound journey, it is the help from caring and giving people you meet along the way who unselfishly open their hearts and homes that often means the most. Inside the 315 pages of Bittersweet Journey, Readers will meet one such person, Patricia Littlefield O'Brien, a white South Carolinian, a woman who was courageous enough to have the discussion about our racial past and how she came to grips with the truth about her family's past and slavery in a memorable face-to-face meeting. And readers will feel as though they are traveling with me as I share many heartwarming moments of discovery of my ancestors, and yet readers will also feel the depths of despair None more heart-wrenching than that of the slave schedule, a little-discussed census document of our antebellum past. Yet in my family's healing process and our nation's efforts to heal its racial wounds, it was important to seek out the truth about our shared past, regardless of the consequences. Even in these difficult times, the discovery of my ancestors, how they overcame slavery to begin life anew, and how their lives enriched their community with a journey well worth taking. In the end, readers will find the book keeps bringing us back to the truth, even when we would be more comfortable with the lie from history. And readers will learn that the truth does not destroy, but heals. Again, that's Bittersweet Journey by Anthony Littlefield, available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. And be sure and visit my website at www.anthonylittlefield.com. Thank you. Really, a beautiful blurb. Yeah, I definitely was intrigued. It made it, it it created curiosity for sure. I wanted I wanted to know more for sure. I mean, it was just almost like just winning my appetite. I wanted to hear more about what the story was about. He just kind of touched on it, but it absolutely created curiosity. Yeah, it's, I mean, what a what a topic. I mean, <laughs> to start with. Um, you know, such a powerful uh, image. Uh, you know, the mountain and North Carolina and slavery, and uh, and then to, to 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 say that this is part of his family tradition, and you know, it's a very powerful opening that he had. 
Yeah, very poignant, very poignant, and um, a very deep story. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was very well done, very well done. He he, he mentioned his book's title a couple of times. He mentioned his website. He mentioned Patricia Littlefield O'Brien, his discussion about the uh, the racial past and the truths that they came to and that it was difficult to revisit and um, the ancestors and the compelling journey and he had a lot of um, information in there that I think really piqued piqued the listeners' curiosity for sure. So um, the one thing about it is it, it was very um, I, I think it's sort of the bio, uh, biography category even though it's a biography I thought maybe it should be in the history category just because of. Um, the way he presented it was very, um, how would you say, Kevin Burns, uh, very uh, documentary-style biography channel, you know what I mean? Yeah, indeed. Well, I think it's it's a nice mixture, the fact that, um, you know, it's a histor- historical look at his family's past, which, which does cross over into uh, history. But, um, boy, I want to commend him for, for writing the book. And uh, certainly sounds like something I'd, I'd like to read. Right, and I think there's a, uh, it's always about targeting your reader. And I think he did that uh, from the very beginning of that blurb. You know, he's, he, it was very clear what the book was going to be about. Uh, he stated the title very slowly and clearly. Yeah, I, I could have even, um, maybe if he had told even a little, a little story or maybe even something specific about mm. um, what, what we could expect in the book because it's it's big mystery. We don't know exactly what. I mean, slavery is is such a widely, uh, it's a wide topic, and uh, we know it's about slavery and the fact that his family was enslaved, but that's about all we knew from that blurb. So it would have been interesting to hear maybe something specific about about his story. Yeah, because he he did have a little more time. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm excited uh, to hear the next one. Uh, I, I, um, I think our ladies uh, on the show have done a lot better than our gentlemen. Uh, if you look at the featured uh, blurb authors, uh, that has nothing to do with uh, their genders. I think it has uh, maybe to do with um, uh, intelligence level. I don't know. Are women more intelligent? <laughs> oh, not in this household, that's for sure. <laughs> cool. Well, let's let's listen to uh, another gentleman. How's that? Let's listen to uh, David Robinson uh, in the wellness category. Sounds good. Awesome. Good morning, Sally and Dr. Kent. This is Dr. David Robinson. I'm a former chiropractor and personal trainer of 15 years, turned writer, speaker, and consultant for healthy living and wellness, my life's passion. Having overcome childhood obesity and adolescence, I experienced the journey I write about. Now at the age of 49, I've been walking the talk, maintaining great physical condition, great health, and a wellness lifestyle for more than 25 years by using the methods outlined in my nonfiction self-help guide, Transforming Body, Mind, and Spirit, the non-diet way to live fit, trim, healthy for life. In the book, I point out that for decades, people have been apathetic about their unhealthy lifestyles and have been chasing after weight loss and diets. And the results? Absolutely dismal, with dramatically worsened levels of health, decreasing life expectancy, and the number of cases of chronic disease off the charts. More than ever before, people must wake up to the fact that they will either change their unhealthy lifestyles or they will pay dearly for them. And it's already happening. 
Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts reports that 57% of all illness and injury is a direct result of lifestyle. The U.S. Surgeon General says that 65% of the total population is seriously overweight to obese. Federal projections estimate that by 2050, close to a third of the population will have type 2 diabetes with all its complications in tow, such as blindness, hearing loss, kidney disease, nervous system disorders, and amputations of extremities. The World Health Organization says that over 72% of all deaths in the U.S. are the result of such chronic diseases and degenerative diseases and are resulting from unhealthy practices. Practices like these are preventable. In the book, it's also pointed out that mandatory minimum health care insurance is now law in Massachusetts, and this mandate is likely to become a national policy. Merit-rated health insurance premiums and lifestyle-contributed surcharges on health care on top of co-payments may be the very next wave of changes implemented. But people don't have to get trapped by this so-called new order of health care and insurance. They can't forever forget about weight loss and diets. They can learn how to make healthy lifestyle changes that last a lifetime, and they can learn to make a total transformation while achieving great energy, great health, and great looks. My book, Transforming Body, Mind, and Spirit, The Non-Diet Way to Live Fit, Trim, Healthy for Life, is an A to Z, all-in-one, concise guide to a balanced and healthy life that will teach people they can live fit, trim, and healthy for the rest of their lives, and they can do this without the use of weight loss pills, potions, programs, and diets, and without having to plow through a 200-page book. I thank you for your time. I hope you find the book enlightening, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Well, you got one thing wrong at the beginning. It's not morning anymore. Ah, <laughs> wow, very, very uh, observant. But I have to say, wow, well, he had me at hello. I mean, first of all, that's my topic. I just absolutely love body, mind, spirit topic. And the fact that he was somebody that overcame childhood obesity and is now living a life and is a personal trainer and transforming people into wellness. And this is this is just, I, I love the blurb. I felt that it had almost everything in it that I would, that I would want, that I would need to convince me to read that book. Hmm. Uh, he, he had me at the beginning. I mean, I, I'm just very, very interested in his topic. And he, as I was listening to it, I was like, okay, yep, 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 all right. Um, chasing after weight loss and diet, people have to wake up to their unhealthy lifestyles. I like the fact that he gave a lot of statistics. It was very interesting. Um, he mentioned chronic and degenerative diseases, transforming without pills or potions or diets. And, uh, Did you take really notes, or is this all coming out of your head? Oh well, it's just coming out of my head. I just wow. remember. <laughs> you really did. You really did like that. That yeah. uh, blurb. I absolutely. I thought it. it. I thought it was totally dry. I thought it was like really? rye crisp. <laughs> so funny. You know, it just goes to show about you know what people are interested in, what kind of makes your ear go zing. You know, uh, it's it's very interesting. You know what? Totally. Well, yeah. So, and I, I mean, he definitely packed it full of information. There's no question. Uh, and he had a nice arc to the information. I think maybe it was just the delivery. I I, I felt like it was just a little dry. It wasn't quite right, crisp. That was overkill. Well, interesting but. though, because um, I felt that uh, it, it to me it felt reassuring. Like the tone of his hmm. voice was reassuring. Because it was it was coming from somebody that was a doctor. He had this like calm voice, and it was almost like I can trust that if I read this book, 
that I can get the information that I need to so like if you If you have a brain surgeon, you want him to have a nice voice. Yeah, it's not like you want him to really be over the top, necessarily. Right. <laughs> my, well, my I agree husband. with that. I, I hear you on that. So let's let's listen um let's listen to a um uh an other. Uh you never know what you're gonna get in the other category. Oh, very good. Her name is Cynthia Clampett. Here we go. Love Talk Radio. G'day. My name is Cynthia Clampett and I'm the author of Waltzing Australia. Waltzing Australia is a travel narrative that carries the reader along on the joyous six-month wander around Australia that marked my departure from the corporate world. But why would a sensible, successful woman in her mid-30s walk away from money, security, and a promising career? As I'd climbed the corporate ladder, I had begun to realize it wasn't where I belonged. I wanted to write, and that wasn't going to happen as long as I stayed in the world of giant corporations. I needed to quit, and I needed to get as far away as possible from the temptation to accept a job offer. Australia was a lifelong interest, and it seemed to be the best and farthest place to start over. It would also be a good place to test the limits of what I could do. For years, the great outdoors had been the garden room at the Ritz, and exercise was a heavy day of shopping. What would happen when I hit the outback? I circled and crossed the continent, covering nearly 20,000 miles, from Perth to Sydney, Tasmania to the Northern Territory, rainforest to desert to Great Barrier Reef, Adventures ranged from exploring museums and feeding kangaroos to cruising among the crocodiles, riding horseback across the mountains and being trapped in a flash flood. The child of that journey is the book Waltzing Australia, a journal that recounts six months of joy and adventure. It is a story about making dreams come true and finding out who you are. But more than that, it is a vivid portrayal of Australia, its history and legends, its wonders, its people, and its enduring beauty. One reviewer wrote, Cynthia paints vivid pictures of people, places, and adventures. I can feel the sun, hear the crush of bush beneath my feet, and smell the salt of the sea. Author Richard Letterer wrote, Cynthia Clampett's luminous chronicle of her love affair with Australia resonates to the heart's deep core. Waltzing Australia will encourage those who dream as well as those who travel. It will delight those who know Australia and enchant those who do not. Readers will come to know Australia intimately as we travel together across the often surprising landscape. But as important as the adventure was, the outcome was even more important, and that is what gives the book its happy ending. Today I earn a living doing what I love, writing. So as much as I want people to enjoy the adventure, the message I want them to take away from the book is that if you're willing to pay the price, dreams can come true. For me, sharing the adventure with others is part of the dream, so I hope you'll want to join me in Waltzing Australia. Hmm. I love the play on um, Waltzing Matilda, which, of course, is the um, unofficial national anthem of Australia. Yeah, that was very, very clever, and wow, I just really, really got drawn into that whole dream of just... You know, she left corporate America. I'm not saying that that's my dream. I'm not in corporate America. <laughs> you can imagine she's in corporate America and she wants to write and she just gives up this everything and just goes to Australia and does this walkabout 20,000 miles with, with nothing and 
feeding kangaroos and trapped in a flash flood and rainforest, a desert, and great you barrier said, reefs. You said walkabout because you've seen that uh, commercial, haven't you? No. Uh, is there a commercial? Oh, you haven't seen that. It's a beautiful commercial. It's very similar to this book, sort of tempts corporate America people to come to Australia. Oh, I haven't yet. walkabout. Wow, because <laughs> I read this book by this one woman who did do a walkabout in Australia. I can't remember the – I'm having, you know, brain freeze today. I can't remember the title of it. Um, I think it – what was it? Well, maybe, maybe you need to go to Australia. <laughs> you know, possibly. But, boy, it sounded just like she really um, – Wow, that that's just that's just like something that, you know, I, I as a traveling jazz musician, basically I've always been like, okay, pick me up at the airport, bring me to my hotel. What time do you want me in the lobby? Okay, where am I eating? All right, please bring me back to my room. <laughs> it's like, don't leave me. I want to know where I'm staying. But it always intrigues me and really, really makes me admire anyone who's willing to just kind of like step off a plane and just go for it and have these adventures. Awesome. I mean, I you know, I got to say, uh, all of us have got that. You know, you wake up, you got sleep in your eyes because you got about an hour and a half of sleep from, for some reason, and we're thinking, okay, I want to go to Australia. So she, she's definitely got us uh, uh, from the very beginning of that blurb. Did, did you think she really uh, gave us all the information? Well, I, you know, I think... I, I loved how she used quotes. You know, that's that's one good way to um, self-promote without self-promoting, because they will so-and-so said this about about the book. And she, she gave some great uh, couple of reviewers, and um, I, I liked that a lot. Um, I thought that she did, she did give a lot of information about the book, and she did create curiosity. Did you feel as if she left anything out? No, I, you know, I, I, um, I felt like she could have tempted me even a little more, you know, Well, I'm certainly uh, I, I loved I loved the idea of the book and it was very exciting, and um, I think she did a, a pretty darn good job with it, and I think she had a, a good excitement. She had some bling in there, and she I would agree with it that. Well, and she was I like clear. the I like the um, the mock Australian accent at the beginning too. Oh that yeah, was fun. yeah. At, at first, I was thinking, oh my goodness, we've got two, uh, you know, two impersonators tonight. But that was <laughs> exactly. that was a cute that was a cute uh, little little um i can't think of the word i'm looking for touch nice well and and i'm i'm psyched to uh see if our last two blurbs have good touches uh and i know we have our uh our winner from a few weeks ago on the line uh but maybe let's do one blurb before we talk to her at least that that sounds great we'll sandwich it in who do you, who do you think we should listen to uh let's try let's try duke barrett all right, another another fella here on the show uh, in the fiction, fiction category. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, my name is Duke Barrett, and I'm the author of The Wall of Broken Dreams, a novel. A story of a young man, a blues guitarist, drafted off the streets of Chicago during the Vietnam War, who was sent to Vietnam where he serves with an elite unit of paratroopers, combat paratroopers. Now, the story is not only one of combat, and there is some of that, but of love, romance, and the hopes and dreams of a future for some of these young combatants, namely my main character from Chicago, Johnny Richards. Now, I have some expertise in this subject since I, too, served in an elite reconnaissance paratroop unit in Vietnam, and I'm also a musician. On Any Country R&R, also known as a three-day pass, 
Johnny Needsom falls in love with a beautiful Eurasian girl named Mai, herself a product of the French-Indochina War. Mai brings Johnny a much-needed calm to his violent existence. They plan to meet hell or high water after the war, to marry and raise a family. As time together wanes, they vow to meet again, no matter what the obstacles may be, and there were plenty. Shortly after returning to his unit, Johnny is wounded on a mission. As he lay there wounded in the pouring monsoon, his every thought, his mind is consumed of my and all that they had planned. The story then shifts to Chicago, Sweet Home Chicago, 1983, where Johnny is living the dream, playing guitar in a blues band and going home to his beautiful flower, Mai, Mai meaning flower in Vietnamese. It is obvious to Mai that Johnny is troubled by his past experiences in the war and of his dealings with an apathetic public. It seems to Johnny that no one cares that he and his buddies have died, have fought, have suffered. He feels that he has left one war, the war in Vietnam, only to be in the midst of another, a war within himself. So Mai encourages him to visit the newly built Vietnam Memorial, also known as The Wall, a place of healing to find peace within himself. It is here at The Wall that Johnny comes face to face with the reality that his is his and finds the peace that Mai has led him to. In these times, we are once again reminded of the supreme sacrifices that some have made, like those 58,000 names etched into the memorial, the Vietnam Memorial, the wall of broken dreams. I believe this story to be not only a good read, but an emotional and inspiration, inspirational story as well. Thank you. Well, I know you're not a huge fan of fiction. What do you think of that uh, blurb? Oh boy! Well, I, I'm sure it's an absolutely wonderful story, but it's funny. Did I did I hear you just sigh? <laughs> yeah, the whole Vietnam thing is so depressing to me. Oh my gosh, I don't know what to say. I mean, my goodness, I know he lived through it, and wow, I just personally, I I don't want to read the book only because I have, I guess, I have a little bit of an aversion to the the Vietnam story. What? How do you feel about it? Uh, well, you you can keep going on the story. I mean, I when I heard it, I was thinking, well, I think there could have been a little more punch. Yeah, I mean, maybe even just, um, you know, he falls in love and then he kind of gets wounded and then he, I couldn't tell if he was if he was going back and living this dream in his in his dreams or if he actually went back there and lived his dreams. Um, it was a little confusing to me. Uh, I, I think he did a great job. I'm sure the book is absolutely wonderful, um, and I commend him for, for writing this wonderful story. And, and thank, thank God that he uh, served in our military, and we really, really appreciate everything that our military has done for us. For, for some reason, I just I feel so sad every time I think about war. It makes me sad. Yeah, I hear you. Well, um, and, you know, it's personally not really my kind of book either, I am a huge fan of fiction though, so but I have to say when I when I like fiction it's usually because um it engages me on some special level. Um and that's uh, um you have to really get it from, you know, the first second and uh uh I think he could have used a little more punch. Like, you know, cuz his audience is is probably men, first of all. Um, and if you really want to get a man to read a, a book of fiction, 
it's not really a tea time kind of thing. It's sort of, you know, bang them up, smash them up kind of. you got to appeal to that crowd. Indeed. Well, you know, I think that that might be a good segue, talking about, like, you know, fiction catching you right at the beginning. Uh, I think our, our two-week-ago winner did a fi- fantastic job of that. Um, you know, she's a fiction writer, Julie Hawkins, J.K. Hawkins, and she's actually on the line ready to talk to us. Do you, think so you want to talk that? to her, huh? Yeah. Okay. Here she is. Are you on the line? Uh, yeah. Hi, Julie. Hi. Now, do you mind that we call you Julie? I wasn't sure if I was outing you with that or if you just prefer to be known as J.K. Oh, no, it's fine. Okay. Well, gosh, I mean... We are so excited to be talking to you and to have a, a 13-year-old budding author, not a budding author, a 13-year-old author, and you did such a great job with your book and your blurb, and you're getting so much wonderful attention, and you're getting so many um, wonderful things that are happening to you. Can you tell us a little bit about how writing a book has changed your life so far? Well, it's just like, you know, people... They see me and they're like, oh, that's J.K. Hawkins. She's the 13-year-old author who wrote the book. And um, I'm just like, wow, you know, everyone knows me. That's, that's really cool. That You know, being an author, there's something to that. Like, everyone knows how much dedication goes into writing a book and seeing it through. And to do that at such a young age really does um, garner a lot of uh, – uh, I, I say a lot of kudos, I suppose, and it's it's unusual, and it's just fantastic. Now, do you do a lot of uh, appearances or readings or speaking engagements, or and are you working on uh, a book right now? Or do you go to school? Yeah. <laughs> I'm homeschooled. Um, oh, wow. But um, with her question, um, oh, what was the question again? <laughs> oh yeah, do you um? Uh, let's see, you are you working anything on right now? And I forgot my question. Oh, I I was the reason that everybody forgot everything right there. But <laughs> we, we we totally wanted to know if you get out there in the world and sign books and and uh, all that fun stuff. Oh yeah, um, just recently I did um, a back-to-back signing at a couple of the Hastings in this area, and um. I did a uh, talk about my book at the Barnes and Noble in Kilgore, I think it was. Plano, yeah, Plano. And do you set these up yourself, or do you have a, a PR person or a publicist, or how do you get your how do you get your speaking engagements and your book signings all set up for you? Well, it's my publicist. She um she sets up my book signings and speakings and all that. And personally, I would have no clue what to do with it. That is just great to have a publicist. I love it. And are you working on another book right now? Uh, yes, currently I'm working on My Werewolf Brothers. It's the uh, second book in the series. And, um, yeah, it's just come out, and um, we're really excited about it. That's so so you're st- you said you were homeschooled. Do you mean you're still currently being homeschooled? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great, by your parents. And do you have siblings, brothers and sisters? I have one brother and one sister. And are they also homeschooled? Um, well, they did the better part of their schooling at a, uh, at a public school, but 
um, towards the end of their schooling, they were homeschooled, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. But, so I, so I, I really have to know, though, uh, now, are your brothers and sisters uh, really werewolves and other monsters? <laughs> no. <laughs> are you sure? Okay. But, um, no. What do you, and what do your family members think and your all of your distant uh, relatives, what do they think about your characterization of them as various monsters? Well, it all depends on the monster. Some of them, they're just like, uh-uh, that's not me. But others, like um, one that I did, my angel aunt, all my aunts fought over it. <laughs> I'll bet they did. <laughs> Wait, I missed that. All your aunts what? All my aunts fought over who was the angel aunt. Oh, that's so cute. That is and, adorable. And all your, <laughs> how many brothers do you have? I have one brother. Did did he, uh, was he excited to be a werewolf? I think so, yeah. <laughs> where do you get all these ideas? Uh, this stuff just flows out of you. Well, um, I'm not really sure. It's just sometimes... I sit around and try and think up an idea, and other times it just comes to me, like, all at once. It's, um, it's just, I don't know, it's spontaneous. And and how how many pages would you, how many pages is your first book? My first book? Mm, I think it was around 180-something pages. Okay, and how long would you say that it took you to to write it? That first book, the first draft of it, it took me about a month. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. That is just fabulous. I love that because, you know, usually when books just sort of pour out of you, and then, of course, there's the editing process and everything that it takes to get the book together, and then, of course, the real work begins, which is the book marketing but I love hearing about books that were just written in a month or written in a week or written right away because it's something that's very, very powerful and it comes from within and it's pouring forth with creativity and then uh, it gets down and there you have it. So I, I love hearing about that. And have you, have you re read a whole bunch of books uh, your whole life? Is that where you got your inspiration from? Um. Well, I used to read a whole lot. I don't have a whole lot of time for reading now, but I used to read just, we'd go to the library and I'd get maybe 10 or 15 books and have them read in that night. I love to read. Now, you say you don't have much time to read, but you, and yet you're homeschooled. So give us a typical day, like a scenario of a typical day. Like you wake up and, and how do you spend your, your days? Well, um... There's usually a bunch of errands to run, so a lot of times I'm I'm in town, and of course I come home and I do my schoolwork, and we've got two dogs, so I try and spend some time playing and hanging out with them, and then I uh, I like to write at night, so that it all works out really good for me. Do you write every night? Yeah. Mhm. Mm oh, that's awesome. That's the mark of a true author. Okay, so tell us, and, yeah, and tell us about, uh, you've also got an illustrator, so you get to work together with somebody. Tell us about how, the, how that is. Oh, it's, it's a whole lot of fun getting to work with her. She, um, with my first book, I was, I was terrified that she wasn't going to draw the curvious right because I've always had this mental image 
of what Vitruvius looks like. And then um, he sent me a picture of him, and I was like, wow, that looks exactly like him. So she's really fun to work with, and she does a great job drawing the pictures. Oh, I love that story. Oh, that's so exciting. I know what that's like when you have something, a mental image, and then um, that you're looking for, you don't know exactly how to describe it, and the fact that, that your illustrator got it the way that you wanted. That is, did you explain it to her? Did you describe it, Vitruvius to her? Um, no, um, she, my publisher talked with her, and she, um, she sent a picture of what, she, we had sent her a little piece of the book with Vitruvius in it, and, um, she sent the picture back of what she thought Vitruvius looked like, and it was right on the button. That's so exciting. Oh, my goodness. So, and I have to ask, now, you're you're from Paris, Texas, is that right? Mm-hmm. Have you seen that old movie called Paris, Texas? <laughs> no, I can't say I have. But it's a pretty cool name for a city, i got to say. Well, um, the only thing is that if you say, if you just say, I'm from Paris, everyone's like, oh, France? And then they say, well, how come you don't have a French accent? Yeah. <laughs> well, so in this series of books, um, we've got two of them out, uh, and you've written a whole ton of them. Is that right? Yeah, 20 books in all. So how is this going to happen? Are you are you going to release them uh, one by one? How's it working? I think that's probably what we'll do, yeah. <clears throat> Just release them one at a time because... I don't know. I just I'd prefer to do it that way. Cool. And what what kind of stuff is there? Is it's uh we've got my vampire cousin, uh you've got your werewolf brothers. Uh so what's what else we got? Well, <clears throat> we've got all sorts of monsters. We've got um uh my Frankenstein father and we've got my fairy <laughs> sister, which is actually the next book that will be coming out. What's that called? My what sister? My fairy sister. Oh, fairy sister. Mhm. Now, now the Frankenstein father. What does your dad think about that? <laughs> uh, he says he's honored. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet. Well, it's it's been a real pleasure chatting with you, um, and uh, I think we want to give you just like we give everybody who calls in. We want to give you a little bit of time to talk about where people can check you out online and. And uh, what you're working on, you told us a little about it, but tell us a little more. And you did such a great job with your blurb, but we want to give you a little more time to talk about yourself. Oh, well, um, with the website, you can uh, check me out on lilyruthpublishing.com. And um, I have a Twitter account with set up with Lily Ruth Publishing, of course, that uh, keeps people up to date with when my book signings are going to be and uh, speakings and stuff like that. And um, about the second book, My Werewolf Brothers, um, it's about Alice and her werewolf brothers, of course. When Alice leaves her vampire cousin's castle by the way of his magic attic, she finds herself face-to-face with her three werewolf brothers. And the brothers uh, are convinced that Alice just isn't cool enough for them because she acts too much like a little sister. So 
Alice is content to find their padlocked attic and say farewell to her flea-ridden, slobbering brothers, but soon finds herself being dragged through the woods in a wolf-skin costume while her brothers bring her face-to-face with the one and only Big Bad Wolf. And with her vampire uncle, Amadeus, breathing down her neck, Alice knows she'd better figure out where her brother's attic is and fast. That is just awesome. So was that an elevator speech, Sally? Um, well, I wouldn't say that was an elevator. I think it might be a little difficult to have an elevator speech with a fiction book, but it was a great little blurb. And what, so uh, now, uh, J.K., uh, Julie, uh, if you were stuck, uh, we, we always ask people this, if you were stuck on an eleva- elevator with, uh, who do you admire, like, uh, you know, a filmmaker like Steven Spielberg or something like that, or with Oprah, what would you, t- what would you tell them about your books? Um, I would tell them that they are humorous fiction and that, I don't know. Gee, what would you say to someone like that? <laughs> yeah, I would. I I always tell everybody that I'd be pretty tongue-tied. I think I would be too. Um, I'd probably just tell them what my books are about and about the characters. And it's a little bit easier to do if you're face to face with someone and not in front of the TV camera or something. So. Well, I think we should get your publicist to uh, be in touch with Oprah because if anybody deserves to be on Oprah. I think you do, my dear. I think that you would be great on Oprah, and I I, I look forward to seeing you on Oprah because oh. I just think you're fantastic. Oh, thank you. Um, well, thanks for having me on your show. It's been really fun. Absolutely, and we, we hope you have uh, a whole bunch of luck with all of these books, and uh, we'll keep watching for the other 18. Oh, okay. And if you come to New York... Email me and let me know, and I'll I'll take you out to a to a fun uh, vegetarian meal. Oh, great! <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Is it going to be vegan too? No milk, no cheese. Well, we won't go that far. <laughs> After all, she is part of a vampire werewolf family. We have I know, to, to take a time. girl from Texas and not give her meat. It's horrible. How could you do that? <laughs> well, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, uh, Julie. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you, too. Thanks so much. We'll stay in touch, okay? Okay. Well, this has been a fun show today. We've only got a couple minutes left. Um, uh, We missed one blurb today, but uh, we'll feature them next week, so we won't uh, let the cat out of the bag who that was. But we listened to four new blurbs. Uh, What do you think about our new blurbs this week? Oh, I thought we had a very good variety. Thank God there was nothing too (laughs) X-rated. Yeah. No, I think it was great and it was perfect because we did have we did have two uh two live um winners so it was it was okay that we were only able to fit in four but I think we did a we think I think that you picked a great great array and it was very enjoyable. Absolutely. And um I'm not exactly sure who won yet. I think uh, you and I might have to battle it out on this one. Uh, I think I think we're we're going to have a fun time. Indeed, indeed. So everybody should absolutely check out uh, blurbradio.com, and we will be announcing the featured uh, winner of this week's book award uh, by Friday at noon. Indeed we will, and we'll put up a picture, and uh, and uh, we'll have uh, a copy of the winning blurb up there as well. And people can check out the website, uh, blurbradio.com, to, to hear the winning blurb from the last, uh, I guess, eight different uh, shows we've had so far. 
And uh, every week uh, we'll put the new winning blurb up there. And then people can, of course, listen to our archived shows on Blog Talk Radio. That was so much fun. This was a great week, and um, I look forward to next week's uh, authors. And if anybody has any kind of questions about how to submit a blurb or if you want to be part of our show, please contact Contact us at uh, uh, at blurbradio.com, and we'd love to hear from you. We're here to help you publicize your book, to give you more well-deserved recognition and exposure, and to help you uh, create uh, a wonderful blurb and, and to get you on your way to creating more um, uh, information so that you can put stuff together for the media that grabs their attention. And that's what we're all about. We're, all, we're about uh, training people and, and giving people lots of advice on book marketing, and, and uh, we just, we're having a good time here. And it's been another fun week uh, with you, Sally, on Blurb. And I uh, can't wait until the next time, and uh, I hope uh, you have a good book you're reading. Yes, that's the one that I can't remember the, the title of. <laughs> I think well, it's your unnamed the, book. Oh, I just remembered it. It's Money and the Law of Attraction, uh, something about creating health, wealth, and, and happiness or something like that. Well, everybody needs a little of that. Indeed. And how about you? Are you reading anything? Oh, I never read. I read too much. I read books. I inhale books. I, I eat them for dinner. <laughs> I think you would be a good cousin for uh, for Julie's next book. Oh, <laughs> indeed. I am quite a monster, so... Well, it's been a fun show, and uh, it was great talking to two live guests, and uh, I can't wait till next week. Indeed. Have a great week, Dr. Kent. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.